Thanks, Daniel. Well, my name is Ron Cole, and I'm one of the pastors here as well. And <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, this morning, we're going to continue a sermon series we've been all summer on the book of Ephesians. Uh, the book of Ephesians, Paul's letter to the, to the Christians in Ephesus, and, and as we saw the first day, it was really to a number of churches in that entire area, and we're calling it Finding Our Place, uh, because in this letter, Paul is helping us in a changing world to remember who we are in Christ, and, and where we fit in Christ, and how we belong, and, and we said in the first three chapters, just to kind of remind us of how this fits in, what we're doing this morning, in the first three chapters, we said that, that what Paul primarily talked about to us about was, was knowing who we are. Paul said, you know what, you were dead in your sins and transgressions, and you've been made alive in Jesus Christ, and it's all by grace. We are saved by grace. All of us share one story and one God, and then we've been brought into one family, all right? And and, and so we've been saved by God's amazing grace. We have been forgiven. We've been washed. We've been made alive. We've been made new. And and now starting in chapter 4, the apostle Paul is going to say, okay, now become who you are. You got to know who you are. You got to know what God's grace is all about. You got to know that you're alive in Christ. And now you've got to become it. Start to live it out. And in the first two weeks that we, we dealt with chapter four, we talked about growing in unity. You might remember Paul said, make every effort, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. You got to be passionate because there is one story, because there is one God, because we were all dead and are now alive in Christ. We are one people. And it overcomes all the other barriers that, that ought to separate us. And so we are one and we grow in, in unity. And then last week, Daniel started us on the next section of Paul's letter where he talks about growing in holiness. Where he's going to call us now in our own kind of personal renewal to become more and more like Jesus Christ. And, and, and last week, Daniel talked about this and, and it follows, it, it leads into this next section. So let me just remind you that, that there are two major actions that Paul calls us to as Christians. In the Christian life, he says, we have two things that we do over and over and over again. The first is we take off the old. We have to fight against sin. We have to take off the the sinful nature, that old nature, and then we've got to put on the new. We've got to put on the new. And those two actions, that, that pattern of taking off and putting on is at the heart of the Christian life. Here's the way Paul said it. You were taught with regard to your former way of life, Ephesians 4.22, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. So that's an action. And then this is a passive one. It's something that God is doing in us to be made new in the attitude of your minds and then to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So Paul says you got to take off, you got to put on. you got to take off, you got to put on. And we do it over and over and over again. And Daniel used an image that I thought was very helpful. It was the image of, of kind of renewing a house, all right, and, and of painting. And as I, as I thought about this, and that, that image kind of stayed with me all week, uh, I thought in some ways I don't hate painting. Now maybe you say, oh, I hate painting. Uh, painting is actually that final step it's kind of fun, right? Everything looks clean, everything looks new, it looks bright and so on. I don't hate painting nearly as much as I hate the stuff that goes before it. I hate scraping and scraping and scraping, right? It's, it's that preparation. It's the, but, but Daniel said, and he's right, what Paul is talking about is saying we, we, we can't just, uh, we're tempted to kind of just say, well, let's put on a, a fresh coat of paint and we'll look better to everybody else. But it, but it never lasts, right? You've got to take off the old. You've got to scrape. And if there's boards that are rotten underneath, you've got to take those apart and you've got to replace them. And then you've got to sand and you've got to sand and you've got to sand and, and over and over again. And, 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 and so the painting putting on is, is kind of the fun part, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of the cool part. That's the enjoyable part. That's, 
but we can't put on until we take off. We can't put on until we take off. And so that's why Paul is saying that if we're going to experience renewal in Christ, if we are going to experience the new life, we take off and we put on, and in that pattern, we get personal renewal. We become more like Jesus, and we start to love each other, and as a community, we become that. So th- that pattern of, of taking off and, and, and putting back on, that's, that, I, I want to suggest that's, that's something that as Christians we're called to do every day, Right? That's, that's the heart of the Christian life, is this constant struggle of taking off and, and putting back on. And what Paul does in the verses we're going to look at this week and next week is he says, okay, now let me give you some examples. Let me show you where this does. Let me show you some places where you need to remodel. Let me show you some places where you need to do something here. And, and he's going to talk about a number of things, and in each one, what we're going to get, he's going to say, take off this. He's going to say, put on this. And then he's going to give us a reason, Okay. Now, there are going to be four of them, and I was going to do all four this morning, but that got really long. So we're going to do three this morning and one next week. There's one that Paul does twice. So um, hopefully, you know, we'll be able to keep things kind of in, in some time here. So three of them this morning, one of them next week, all right? So let's, let's start with the first one, and we're going to, again, back up so you can see where we're going here. You were taught, just read these, you were taught with regard to your former way of life. <coughs> Excuse me. To put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, therefore what? Because we're called to be like Christ, because we take off and we put on, therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. So the first thing Paul says, and I think this is interesting, is, is we take off falsehood. And, and I think it's significant that Paul starts here, that, that as a Christian community, that as individual believers, I think one of the key things we need to do is, is deal with the fact that we are all liars. That, that that telling the truth, that speaking the truth, that, that avoiding lies, avoiding falsehood is absolutely essential if we want to experience community. In, in some ways, you know, the church gets all obsessed about, about sexual sins, people say, and so on, and, 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 and maybe sometimes the church has, and so on, and maybe sometimes we do. But I think scripturally, one of the biggest deals in the world, one of the biggest deals in the world is lying, because it, it just destroys trust. It just destroys community. It, if you lie, then in my mind, it's, it's what else have you lied about? What, what, I can't trust you anymore. And, there, and without trust, there's no community. If you've ever had that, where, where somebody has betrayed you, where somebody has lied to you, where somebody has taken advantage of you in that way and told you one thing and then done something else, you know how frustrating that is. In fact, I would suggest that in some ways... You know what, the worst name you can call me is to call me a liar. Uh, you say, oh, that's not, I've been called a lot worse than a liar. Go, call me fat, call me dumb, call me ugly, call me stupid, call me all sorts of things, but don't call me a liar, right? Right, I mean, if somebody calls you a liar, you say, no, I'm not. We have this deep sense that integrity, that telling the truth is absolutely essential. Think about it in terms of, uh, in, in, in terms of our, our culture, in terms of, of, of struggles and problems. The, the, the line that often is used, and I think it's correct, is this. It's, it's, it's the problem is not as bad as the cover-up, right? It, it's the lying that gets us into bigger trouble. It's the, it's, okay, so you deflated a few footballs. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But if you lied about it, that's a bigger deal. 
You can cheat, just don't lie, right? I mean, we all have that, right? I mean, you can steal stuff. I mean, Watergate, you can steal stuff. Just don't lie to me about it. Just, but it's so hard because we are all, by nature, liars. We all absolutely do it. It is our default position. And, and so in one sense, I want you to be offended, but I am telling each and every one of you, you are all liars. And if you just said I lied, you're lying. Because you are, and so am I. And, and, and again, it, it starts so early. I had to laugh this week. Bennett was uh, out in the front yard, and he was picking Robert's three-year-old grandson, taking lava rocks, throwing them up in the tree, and then trying not to get hit in the head, which is a brilliant game to play, you know, when you're three. <laughs> Kaylee watches him do this, walks up to him and said, Bennett, did you throw these lava rocks? No. Kid can't spell his own name, but he knows how to lie, right? No. Uh, how'd they get out here? Um, Some other kids. Where are the other kids? They ran away. And the the kid's three, and he just just pulled it off, straight face, walked in, said, Bennett, did you throw those? No. Those other boys did. Which ones? The one who live in that house over there. I mean, I've never seen him have such a coherent coherent train of thought. But but he... (laughs) The fact is, we all lie. Now, maybe not as blatantly, but the fact is, you and I are spin doctors. You and I are so good at, at kind of just edging around the truth and, 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 and just kind of pulling it off to the side. And it does so much damage in our world. We are, by nature, spin doctors. Let me give you some examples. Uh, think about the way we lie about motives. I think this is one of the, the most common lies that we tend to tell, one of the common ways that we, we just kind of fall, because we're going to be in trouble. And so we, so our, our spouse says, did you, did you mean this? No, no, honey, I wasn't thinking that at all. I wasn't angry. <laughs> no, I wasn't accusing you, when in reality I was angry and I am accusing you. But I don't want to admit that. And so, no, no, that's not, that's not what I meant. That's not what I was doing. That's not, and, and, and it's a lie, friends. It's just a flat-out lie, and it destroys community. It destroys our ability to trust each other. It destroys our witness in this world. It is just, but, but about our motives. Oh, no, I didn't intend to do that. No, I wasn't checking on you. Yes, I was. That's exactly what my motive was. But, but I don't want to admit my motives. I don't want to confess what I've done. And, 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 and so I just, I, I, I tell a lie about the past, yeah, I, I tried to call you three or four times. I think one of the things that in my life has helped me stop lying is the fact that y'all have caller ID. Because I can't say, yeah, I tried to call three or four times. You pull out your phone, you go, no, you didn't. Because I know who tried to call. And it's like, oop, can't do that anymore. But right, I mean, we just, you know when fish grow most? I mean, we joke about fishermen. It's the two weeks after they get caught, right? I mean, that fish that caught it, it was this big, and two weeks later, it was this big. That thing grew a lot more after it was dead than any time it was alive. But I, I lie about that. I, I, I was there for 15 minutes. No, I wasn't. I was there for five. And you say, who cares? Who cares? I care. Because if I find out you're lying to me, I don't trust you. And when you find out, if you find out I'm lying to you, you don't trust me, and you shouldn't. And, and, and it's just... <sighs> It is so destructive. We, we all lie. By nature, we're spin doctors. Whenever we find ourselves, and, and, and just pay good attention to this, whenever we find ourselves in a tough situation, our default position is to lie. We lie to each other, but even more, and first we lie to ourselves. And, and, and that's, again, so dangerous. Satan is the father of lies, but now we lie to ourselves. 
and, and we convince ourselves, no, I really didn't do that. No, I didn't really mean that. No, I'm really not feeling this. No, I'm really not thinking this. And, 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 and no, I really didn't do anything wrong. And we deceive ourselves over and over and over again. We are, by nature, spin doctors. We all lie because lies help. I mean, that's, right, lies help. If, if you don't believe me, liars, cheaters do prosper. Can we just recognize that? And liars often get away with it. You know, I, I, I want to tell Bennett, no, you always get caught when you lie. He, he'll maybe believe us for a while, but he'll discover soon enough, you can lie and get away with it. And, and you can get out of punishment, and, and you can get out of losing your job, and you can maybe make some sales. You can maybe do all sorts of things. It is so, I mean, the fact is lies, in quotation marks, help. I mean, they, they can do so much, and that is why it is so difficult. But Paul says, fight it. And, and this is where I think for me, as Daniel's talking about that taking off, to go back to those images of scraping and, and of sanding and of gouging, Paul is saying, do that to yourself, okay? Scra- so be so passionate about becoming a person who speaks the truth that you will just scrape with everything you've got to, to, to remove that, that tendency that we have to lie first to ourselves, but to others as well. And, and just to be ruthlessly honest. To, to, to say, God, help me to see who I really am. And help me to be honest about who I really am. It, 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 two things I think that we can do on this. One is, is just to search. Slow down and, and take a look. Take a look at your, your words. Pay attention to your words. And, and just catch yourself where you say, you know what, that wasn't true. It wasn't 10 minutes, it was five minutes. I didn't call six times, I called twice. And you don't have to act like it's the most horrible thing in the world, but just recognize that it indicates that it needs to be scraped away. You need to say, I'm not going to be that kind of person. I'm in Christ now. I speak the truth. I, I don't, and, 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 and so we search for it. We are ruthless on ourselves. And, and then we confess it. And, and I want to suggest not just to God, though that's where we start, but one of the ways that I have helped myself become more truthful is I have genuinely tried to go back and confess to people. Because you know how hard it is to say somebody, I lied to you. I told you it was this and it's this. It is so hard to do that. It is because you just know what they're thinking of you. You just know how it, if somebody lies to you, it just, it's like a, a, a punch in the gut. It just takes the air out of you. And if I have to go look somebody in the eye and say, I did this. I lied about this. I didn't have it done. I didn't do this. I did intend that. And I'm sorry. The pain of confession becomes part of an encouragement to not do it again. And, 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 and so we root that out. We fight against it. Take off falsehood and put on truth, okay? Put on truth. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and, and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. So, so what we have to do is commit ourselves to saying that we're, we're not going to be spin doctors. We're just going to just be straight up. And, and I would suggest that we start with this, first of all, to ourselves and about ourselves. I don't want you to walk out of here and say, hey, Ron said we got to quit lying and speak the truth, so you're ugly. You know, No, that's not what the point is, okay? First to ourselves. God, just help me to see. Search me, God, and, 
And let me see where I'm broken and, and weak. Not so that we can beat ourselves up, but so that we can experience God's grace. Again, too many of us, and too often I, I'll just put it that way, too often I, I'm trying to put a coat of paint without dealing with the sinful heart. I'm trying to do a behavior on the top without getting to the root of the problem, and that is that I just struggle with telling the truth. So first, to and about ourselves, always in love. I was going to say when you're talking to others in love, but friends, with ourselves too. Again, you've got to remember chapters 1 to 3 that we are saved by grace. God loves us even when we fail. And, and, and so what, what happens, and again, the reason we hate sin, the reason God hates sin is what it does to us. The reason I hate lying is because it destroys my credibility. It destroys relationships. It destroys that. And so I've got to say, God, I need help. And I can be gracious with myself as saying, I know this is my nature, but God, forgive me and renew me. So, so do it in love whenever you speak the truth, but even in maybe especially to yourself. And, and just one other thing on this part is it, you don't have to say everything. <laughs> Again, right? You, everything you say should be true, but you don't have to say every true thing. So you see somebody, you haven't seen them for three months, and you say, well, you've put on 30 pounds. Don't need to say that one, Okay. It might be true, right? I mean, little kids do that. Well, it's true. You don't have to say every true thing. But when you speak, it ought to be truthful. Okay, why? Why? Because Paul says we're neighbors and we're members of one body, all right? Here it is in the text. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body, okay? And, and, and the reason I think that Paul mentions neighbors and members of one body here is, is what neighbors refers to kind of those outside of the faith community. There are neighbors, um, and, and, and members of one body are those in. So I think Paul is saying to everybody here, okay, to those outside, to the neighbors, to those near, and, and to those who are part of the family. But again, notice what we have here is we have community. The reason why we need to learn to speak the truth, the reason why we have to fight against this just natural tendency to lie is because we want to create a community. And we need to live in those relationships. Trust is absolutely essential. All right, so take off falsehood, put on truth. Why? Because we belong to a community. We're neighbors. Second one, interesting one, stealing. Look at what Paul says. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer. And, and again, my initial take on this one was kind of saying, well, this one's a lot easier, right? I mean, I know that I'm a liar, and I hate that about myself. But I'm not a thief. I don't steal. And at one level, I think that's probably true for most of us. I, I doubt that any of us have this past week gone into our neighbor's house and taken something out. I mean, we don't steal that blatantly. But the fact is, Paul mentions this for a reason. And again, it has to do with our nature. Let me tell you where I think stealing impacts me and, and where it might impact you. And here's kind of how it, it works, I think. It, it starts with the fact that we all like stuff, Okay. We like different kinds of stuff. Some of us like houses. Some of us like cars. Some of us like tools. Some of us like jewelry. Some of us like music. Some of us like prestige. We all like stuff, and, and think of that broadly. And, and that's okay. God created this world full of stuff, okay? And he calls us to enjoy it. We all like it, but then there's this problem that work is hard. See, God's intention was that we get stuff by working, right? God's intention was that we earn stuff, 
And, 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 and so what we end up doing, though, is because work is hard, we look for a shortcut. We look for a, a different way to do something. Now, it's not always wrong to look for an easier way. Uh, a while back, I was, my son John and I were helping a brother-in-law, Mike, move, uh, clean up one of his garages or something. I can't remember exactly what I was. But John and I, you know, there were just helping him out. And so we were taking stuff off shelves, walking it over, throwing it in the garbage can. And if you know my brother-in-law, Mike, at all, you know how he'd say this. But he's, he looks at us and he says, guys, I know I didn't go to college. I know I barely made it through high school. I know you guys got master's degrees and doctors and these things, but watch. He walks over and he takes the garbage can and brings it over there and says, now throw this stuff in. <laughs> that was helpful. Okay, that's not cheating. <laughs> and it was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Never wonder how many trips we would have made <laughs> before we thought of moving. Anyway, but so there's, I mean, if you can find an easier way to do stuff. But the problem is I, I start to go outside the bounds. My desire to get something starts to get oh, over the edge. And, and maybe just think about where we do it in little ways. Think about downloads, right? It's a 99 cent song. Who cares? <laughs> well, the guy who made it does. The woman who made it does. But, but, but it's just a movie. And, and if I don't like it, I'll delete it. And if I like it, I'll buy it. Do you know how many times I have, that's a, I've lied and stolen by saying, well, if I like it, then I'll buy it. And I never remember to buy it. It's because I want something, but I don't like to pay for it because I like more stuff. And, and, and so we, in, in these subtle ways, we convince ourselves somehow that it's, and, and it ultimately it has to do, I think, with the greed in our hearts. That, that, that greed that says, I need more, I want more, I, I, I want bigger stuff, I want better stuff. And, and, and we're going to talk more about greed in a couple of weeks, but, but then we start to, to steal, we start to cut those corners. Think about, like I say, downloads. Think about it at, at, at school. I, I mean, I don't want to study, but I want an A. I'll take the work from my neighbor. I, I mean, when you're cheating, it's stealing. One of the things that I hope Daniel and I are good at, and please do call us, or at least me on this whenever, is giving credit. Preachers steal sometimes by preaching somebody else's sermon and not saying, hey, I got a lot of help from so-and-so on this. I hope we do that whenever we do it. If, if, but again, and you say, oh, you don't have to do that all the time. Yes, I do, because it's an integrity matter. It's a stealing matter. Plagiarism is stealing. And, 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 and we're all so tempted to do it. I mean, we do it in those subtle ways of, of taking somebody else's work. It's stealing from them, of, of taking credit for something that we didn't do. That's stealing from somebody else. And, and, and again, we want more, but we don't want to do the work of it. At, at work, with our taxes, in all of these places, it can be, those are subtle ways that, that we're just so tempted to take more than what we've earned. And, 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 and to, you know, again, well, I don't need to declare that because I'm never going to get caught. I, 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 everybody takes a little extra. I, I can use the postage machine at church. I can use it at home or at work. I can, and, and I know these things small, sound like really small things, but, but it's just stealing. It's just wrong. It's the old nature. And again, so Paul's word to us is scrape it off, fight against it. Why is it that I am so much wanting this thing that I'm willing to sell my integrity? Why is it that I, I have bills that I'm supposed to pay, but I'm not going to? unless I'm forced to in a way by the courts or something. Fight against your greed. Fight against that desire to, to 
to just get what you haven't earned, all right? So stealing, take off that. What do you put on? Working hard. Working hard. Here it is. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands. That's, that's what we're called to do. We're called to be work, people who work. And, and, and the fact is God created us to work. God created us to do something with our lives. Now, I want to recognize that, that some can't, okay? And so I don't want to put on a, a guilt trip on anybody with, if, if you can't work. But the fact is, if we can, God calls us to. God calls us to. So stop stealing. Um, oh, there we go. That needed to come on there. Work hard. And, and then this is interesting. Why? So we can share. Let me, let me show you it in the text. It, it, anyone who's been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have. And, and I really... I think that, but too often I live my life this way. Okay, this is, this is interesting. Pay attention to this. That they may have what they have earned, right? The, the, I work so I can get what I deserve, and then it's mine, and, and, I, can, and I can have it. And, and that's what's important, is, is that I have earned this. But that's not what Paul writes. That's not what the text says. What Paul writes is that they may have something to share with those in need. You want to know why you should work hard? So you can give more. You want to know why you should work hard? So that you can have something to share with somebody else who's in need. Work hard not so that, I, I mean, again, we enjoy the gifts God has given to us. Okay, I'm not, but I'm also saying, Paul is saying, work hard, do something useful with your hands so that you don't take from others, but you become a giver. So that you can have enough for yourself and then more even that you can give to other. Why did you not steal? So that you can give. Work hard so that you can give. And I think that's just so important and, and, and interesting because I find myself so easily kind of saying, yeah, well, I, I need to work hard so I can get what I want. No, there's something more important. I need to work hard so that I can give to those who are in need so that we can share. All right, the third one. Um, the third one, and, and this is going to be the last one of this morning. The, the, the one we're going to do next week is anger. So, um, hey, if you don't like it, come next week. You won't be ticked off. Um, so the third one, and again, it's interesting. Lying, kind of stealing feels here. This third one, at one level, starts to feel down here. Um, unwholesome talk. Take off unwholesome talk. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, Okay. Again, it's kind of like, seriously? <laughs> okay, lying, a big. <laughs> Stealing, pretty big. Unwholesome talk? Really? Doesn't this feel a little bit light? Uh, now, the word unwholesome there, and it, it helps us get an idea of what Paul's talking about. It's the word that was for garbage, for rotten, or interestingly, for trash. So in a sense, <laughs> what we're talking about here is get rid of trash talking. Now, I, it, I, sometimes it can be fun in love, right? But there's another place where trash talk is just trash talk. And, 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 and we have to be careful about this. And, 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 and if, like I say, if you kind of start to think, well, come on, it's not a big deal. Our, our words, they're just words, right? Sticks and stones can break my bones. Your words, they, they, they don't break anything. They'll never hurt me. It's not what the Bible says. Proverbs 18, verse 21 says this, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. With your words, you can do life and death. Sticks and stones may break my bones. Your words can break my heart. And, and so this is high-stakes stuff. Proverbs ten nineteen in the, in the New Living Translation, Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. I, I don't know if you 
I'll read the comics, but um, I, I know it's kind of small, but um, Pearls Before Swine this week on Friday, I think it was, the, the rat, um, who's a rat, I, he says this, I have a new motto designed to eliminate 90% of the problems uh, in people's lives. And what's that? Don't click send. Do you <laughs> think about that? Don't click send. Don't click post. And, and then he goes on to say, it scares me when you make sense, and the answer is for extra protection, demolish your keyboard, right? I mean, the, the, the fact is, unwholesome talk just can destroy others. Now, in order to understand unwholesome talk, this one is, is helpful to contrast with what we put on. We take off unwholesome talk, and we put on building others up, right? Again, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, all right? And, and so we put on building others up. We take off that which tears people down, right? Unwholesome talk or trash talking that brings others down. That's what it is. And, and there are two ways, I think, that we can bring others down with our words. One is we make them feel worse. And, and that's maybe what we're first thinking of, right? Verbal attacks, calling people's names, and, 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 and attacking people, unwholesome talk that way. But I think we, we have another way um, that, that we need to deal with. And it's not just that they feel worse, it's, it's that the people around us actually become worse. And, and what I mean here is not that I am trash-talking and attacking you. What I'm talking about is maybe I'm trash-talking that person to you. But it's my question about talk radio, whether it's liberal or conservative. I think that, and I've said this to you before, and I, I, I think it's true, I don't think it's good for my soul. Not because I disagree or agree with whatever, but that style of rhetoric... That style of talk, I think, falls too often into trash talk. And I become a worse person. I become less loving. Whether, again, it's really liberal stuff or really conservative. If you listen to each end, you know that it's all about attack. It's all about, and if I don't, they might not be attacking me. But if I'm in a community where there's that kind of language, where there's that kind of attitude, I pick up on it. And I become more of that. And, 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 and I think that's the kind of talk. And so what, what, again, Paul is calling us here to take off is that unwholesome talk. He said, watch your words. Don't click send. Don't open your mouth. Keep your mouth shut. Just watch what you say because it has the ability to bring death. Some of you, unfortunately, probably remember the movie Billy Madison where Adam Sandler has to go back to school and at one point he has to do this decathlon and he gives an answer and the evaluator says, you know what, nothing you said made any sense. We all in this room are dumber for having heard that answer. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes we say things and, and everybody, at the end of the day, you say, you know what, if people took me seriously, they're a little more dead today. And so take that off. Fight against that unwholesome talk, trash talking. Instead, build others up, all right? Um, it, it, it build others up. Give talk that does that, that brings life. Why? Two reasons. One is we can bring life. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. You have the opportunity with your words to bless others. You have the opportunity with your words today and tomorrow. And Paul says, take off those words. Fight against those words that destroy. Instead, speak words that bring life. And then the second one, 
so that we won't grieve the Holy Spirit. We won't grieve the Holy Spirit. This is, again, really interesting to me. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Remember I said earlier, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of unity. Make every effort to keep the spirit of unity. And when we bring darkness into a setting with our words, whether we're attacking others or whether we're just being coarse and ugly in our language, when we do that, the Holy Spirit is grieved. The Holy Spirit is saddened. So again, take off falsehood. Take off stealing. Take off, watch your, your words. Watch your heart. Watch your lying. Watch your stealing. Put on truth, working hard, building others up really because we're part of community. Again, all of those are about building relationships. Paul ends this section, and we'll end this next week with the same thing, of of saying, you know, Paul says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, okay? That's what this is about. That's why we tell the truth. That's why we work hard. That's why we build others up with our language, language, because it is the way of love. And, And then he reminds us, he goes back to remind us of grace. Just as Christ loved us, and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Jesus Christ died for you and I. Jesus Christ gave his life, and he showed us what love is. And he says, you're loved. Now live it. And and so learn to love, friends, because that's what God calls us to do, and that creates community that we were created to live in. Let's pray together. Father, it's so hard to become new people. Scraping off sin is not something we like to do. Being honest about our hearts is not something we like to do. So send your spirit to convict us and show us those places. Father, whether it's lying or stealing or trash talking, Lord, show us those places where the old nature is still in control and give us the strength to scrape it away and then by your spirit put on truthfulness, put on working hard, and help us to put on that that words that build each other up. Father, we want to be a community. We want to know love and receive love and give love. Help us to become more and more of what you want us to become. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We please stand to receive God's parting word of benediction. If anybody wants to give an amen that we didn't try to do anger as well today, you can do that. <laughs> Again, if you want to pray, there'll be somebody from, that, the, uh, from the prayer team on that side of the auditorium in the prayer room there. People of God, as we go from this place, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ goes with each and every one of us, and may we learn to live in that grace. May we learn to love in that grace. May we become more and more like Jesus. Go in God's grace. Amen.